Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 595 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on this week's show, you can hear what happened when I had a chat with Scott Reiniger all about Dawn of the Dead. There's a brand new box set on Blu-ray and UHD sharing the magic of the movie. Loads of great behind-the-scenes footage in there. We'll be having a chat about behind-the-scenes with him and finding out what it's like to be part of a zombie movie back in the day. Also, we'll be hearing from Lucy Ellen Parker. She's going to let us know about live theatre arts, the new name for Lollipop Theatre Arts, and all the great work that they do based out of Brood, sharing the world of theatre with kids and building their confidence. Ewan Bagger to VAB Skills joins us to have a chat about his 100,000 followers on Instagram, what it's like being an influencer and how you make these things work to bring some great entertainment and skill to the screen, the small one, whether it be on the phone, the tablet or the computer. We'll be having a natter with him because he's also got his Real Life Academy too, so we'll catch up on that. Rebecca Jay joins us for a bit of a chat all about the digital Dodo Pad. We'll be hearing from her about how you can put the world of Dodo Pad onto your tablet or phone now and use your diary digitally and still have all the great features that you would normally get when you're using the paper copy, which of course you'll probably want as well. And we'll be joined by Ian Ashbourne. He is known as Ian Ash Online, where he'll be giving us some tips about the top Christmas gifts, because you may remember him too from Batteries Not Included, that store that was opening Wolverhampton through until 2018. So that's all coming up, plus some brilliant music from Gene Martin as well. That's this week's episode of The Milk Bar. Live theatre arts are bringing education to youngsters across the region, even in these difficult and trying times. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Lucy Ellen Parker. Hello. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Now, many will know you from when I've introduced you as being from Lollipop Theatre Arts in the past, but there's been a rebrand. It's exciting and everything. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we decided with everything that's gone on with this wonderful thing that has been COVID, I call it wonderful, um, that we thought, well, we've been going 13 years. Um, let's give things um, a refresh. So, um, yeah, so we came, so live theatre arts was born. Um, Lollipop was very, very dear to us all. And actually, everybody kind of still calls it that. Um, <laughs> especially the kids that have been in it for so long and parents and all of that. Um, but it was time for a fresh, it was time for a fresh look. It was time for, um, just a new direction, I suppose, mm -hmm. um, that would kind of appeal across the board. Cause it's kind of evolved, uh, in, in time anyway. And I say uh, the, the new name and, the, and with the way things have, have, have come about during, you know, lockdown one and the summer that followed and with the way things are in lockdown too. Um, obviously, it, it's, it is a different feel to the way in which arts is working. And uh, yeah, across the board, there's, there's a whole uncertainty in some ways, but equally, that new growth where people are trying new things and doing things different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we're so lucky that this has happened with, in this whole digital age, mm -hmm. because businesses like mine and companies like mine would cease to exist um, at the moment, I feel, you know, and, and especially within um, amateur dramatics, you're in the Midlands, we're so, there's such a wealth of, you know, fantastic companies and 
um, talent that then goes on to do so many fantastic things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think companies have done that, you know, the, especially the companies in, in our area that have, you know, jumped on board with these new ideas, with new things, with especially Zoom. <laughs> I think that, you know, that's been um, that's been a saving grace for a lot of companies and definitely for us um, because uh, that's how that's how we teach now. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 start we we went so we obviously we teach on a Sunday and um, we thought right what we're going to do we're going to start with um, a concert and see what happens yeah. rather than trying to do a show because um, our show well you saw us just before the lockdown yeah, happened yeah absolutely yeah yeah so we were due to do Avenue Q school edition yeah I was looking forward to that I love Avenue Q and the school edition yeah. is just as good but slightly less sweary than the adult version so exactly and we were so excited that we were due to pick up the puppets which were the touring ones you know the professional touring ones um, the children had done so well um, and then to literally two weeks before the show we were locked down we were ready to go we mm-hmm. were we were right there well um, we were going to do a facebook live from the venue in canada weren't we and everything you know but it just we it, it wasn't we it just wasn't to be sadly no unfortunately so we've we've gone right well that's that's shelved that's something we can always come back to um we can you know that in the future because it's such a great show and it's something that i would love to do mm-hmm. um and i know the kids wanted to do the kids were really excited um so yeah so we've shelved that for the time being so we thought right what we're going to do so we started um we started doing instagram lives we started doing facebook lives where anybody could join in um isabel was fantastic she choreographed some some brilliant dances hairspray newsies she kind of went all in the kids loved it um grace and i did um some singing on instagram Mm -hmm. and the kids really enjoyed it and then we thought right what are we going to do now and unfortunately for like a lot of companies financial aspects start to come into things and you think oh my goodness if i don't i've got to kind of reassess where we are and if i don't do that quickly something that has lasted for so long is not going to exist anymore Mm -hmm. um so we you know the parents have been fantastic they've been so supportive so we then went on to zoom um and it was we would run the sessions as we would on a sunday obviously shorter yeah um because being online is fatiguing for me and for kids i can imagine what is just even worse yeah (laughs) you know um and then yeah so we did that um through the summer um and then we we when everything um, started started opening up again, um, the hall opened up. So we rehearsing in our local hall, um, local village hall, um, which is really supportive. And we thought, well, we need to get back. And the hall wanted to get going again. So we went back. Um, we went back in October. Yeah. And then obviously we've locked down again. <laughs> so everything's gone back online. So and and yeah. So. We're but you're, really lucky that. Yeah, but you know, multi-talented though. I think that's what it is, isn't it? You can now, you can now do either be flexible, and yeah. I th- and, and this could even open the potential for you know getting people involved who can't get to the village hall uh, to to join in with a class that takes place there once we're back out in December. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And we, we do have one student who who is um, high risk from COVID. So she joins in online every week. Mm-hmm. So we have that facility now that, you know, one of our students can join in. Um, and when she, when obviously things are a little bit better, then she can, she can join us in the hall in person. Um, so you are right. It kind of, it does, it opens it up to a lot more people and from different areas and mm-hmm. from possibly areas that are too far to travel from. Yep. And it makes, makes life simple and easy. So if people do want to get involved, they can join with the, the Zoom sessions. If they're local, they can, they can get along. So which village hall are we on about? Brood, Brood Jubilee Hall. Yeah, Brood which, which I know I've been along to, and, I, and yeah. of course, uh, <laughs> uh, with, with your father's involvement with the, the Brood yeah, Music absolutely. Festival as well, and uh, everything that takes place. And Brood is such a vibrant village covering all sorts of uh, bits of art. Uh, it's, it's an amazing place to be. I mean, I love my involvement with the Brood Music Festival. I have done for more than a decade yeah. now, which is really good. And of course, yeah. that, that being postponed was a, bit, it was a massive disappointment this year, but 2021 will hopefully bring great things. So uh, kids can get involved. They can come along to the live classes once they're back. They can get involved with the the Zoom stuff. Obviously, the, there is a cost for all of this, but you can go through all that with them. So how do they get in touch to get involved in this wide array of things that you do, from singing, dancing to drama? Yeah, they can get in touch via the website. So it's www.livetheatrearts.co.uk. If you go to there, you can kind of work out whether it's something that you want to get involved in. You, you can find out a little bit about us. You can have a look at our shows, what we've done. Um, and all of the information is on there. You can email. Our email is livetheatreartsmail at gmail.com. Um, and I will get back to you. Failing that, please phone. The <laughs> um, old-fashioned way. Uh, and the, the phone, we've got two phone numbers. Phone numbers are 01902 850 or 07984-598-589. And um, it'll either be me or uh, probably my mum that picks up the phone <laughs> um, and kind of lets you know all about us. Um, but yeah, we it's uh, at the moment we're, we're rehearsing for a concert. We have no date for that at the moment. And that is hopefully going to be a staged concert version of Mamma Mia, Jesus Christ Superstar, Hamilton mm-hmm. and Les Mis. So um, lots of lots so lots doing... to see, some great shows, and all of them, yeah, relevant to, to the, the the things that are going well in uh, in, in musical theatre, and uh, the, uh, the the chance to be involved in it and enjoy it, and really build that confidence as well. I mean, you know, not everybody there is going to go off and be a, a superstar of the stage, but equally, they're going to have that confidence they need for whatever they do in life, and uh, even if it's just confidence in using Zoom, which I think is something we all need at the minute. <laughs> but uh, there we go. But well, Ellen Parker from Live Theatre Arts. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Ian Ashbourne has been making Christmas special for many years through batteries not included in Wolverhampton. Sadly, that shop is no longer there, but it doesn't mean that he doesn't know a thing or two about what's going to make the festive season special this year when it comes to the toys and gifts. He's here now to tell me more. Hello, sir. How are you doing? You all right? I'm good, thank you. And I find you out and about. Now, I'm used to seeing you doing videos in all sorts of places. As you've, for a long time now, you've been sharing news of some brilliant products and uh, your thoughts on what's going on around the world, which we all enjoy seeing. But uh, obviously, it's, it's a sad times for retail and, and having a physical space these days is harder than ever before. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult time. So sadly, we, we closed the shop down in 2018, the back end of 2018, nearly two years now, or just over two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a break. So I just had, took some time off to reevaluate and that, um, and I, I kind, I'm kind of glad I did. 
So I think if we'd have been around now, then this this situation at the moment would have been like seriously detrimental to us. I wouldn't have been able to write this out. No. So it's not like I've got big coffers or anything. So um, it's a tough time for retail to generally. Absolutely. But I mean, you've moved doing some bits and pieces online and it's through the experience that you have of bringing some brilliant products to people that uh, you've then sort of moved that into the digital realm. And through Facebook, I mean, you're sharing some, some great gifts and uh, availability for, for presents. So if people want to buy, they can still contact you because you're, you're basically uh, Mr. Toy Shop in Wolverhampton. <laughs> Let's hope so. So um, I'm available through Ian Ash on, on Facebook. So um I we put a link or something. So um, at the moment, my problem was that um, I felt over the years of doing retail, especially in Wolverhampton or whatever, I felt I, was, I wasn't working for myself. I was constantly working for the landlords. Mm -hmm. So it, you, you feel like you're self-employed, but you're not. You've still got this noose around your neck where you've got to pay pay the rent, and the rents kept getting increased. It got to the point in Wolverhampton where the rent was increased to a point where it was unachievable, especially with the footfall that was there. So what I what I generally do, gradually done over the few years that I was there um, – I slowly built myself a market. So mm -hmm. through the use of Facebook and that, I built myself an audience. So if anything ever happened, the audience is always there. So I can always rely back on that. And it means I haven't got to rely on landlords that can kick me out at any time. I haven't got to rely on eBay that can up their fees. I haven't got to rely on Amazon making Jeff Bezos billions a day or whatever. <laughs> so my, my intention is what I'm doing now. And this is just playing about at the moment, just trying and streamline things and get all all systems and processes up, in, up and running. So... I'm having a play on, on, on Facebook to try and work it out. And then from there, I'm going to grow it gradually on Facebook, but also into my own website, which means I control everything. So the way I do things at the moment, I'm doing it on Facebook. So I literally, we can beat Amazon. So as you see something on Facebook, on a video that I do or I post, we can get it to your house within half an hour. So uh, and it means you haven't got to come to us or anything. So I'm taking the, the necessary, like, um, I'm taking all the overheads out and I'm passing on the savings to the customers as well. And this is, you've always been about value though, and I, th I think we know that from when you had the shop. And it, it's really, it's always been about getting the gifts that people want. And, and what sort of trends are you seeing this year? And, and, and what, because obviously you've got some great contacts in the industry. Yeah, so, um, so toys, through, through all the years, then toys become a funny thing. There, there's must have toys that, that parents go mad for. And this year it's PS5s and Xboxes, which seem to be like chicken's teeth. There's none anywhere kind of thing. <laughs> Um, what I've done, I've done a different angle this year, so I've gone for value because I think value is going to outstrip demand, kind of thing. So you may well be you may well be after the must-have toys, but in the in the times that we're in at the moment, people need to be thinking about money. Everybody's money conscious, whether you whether you're working or not, or whatever. Everybody's sensitive about money these days. I think the past six seven months have taught us that. Um, so at the moment, I'm driving value, and what that means currently is I can be probably the cheapest in the UK on some of the things that I've got. Because one, there's no overheads. I'm cheaper than B&M and Home Bargain and other things. Uh, and we're selling the same type of things as well. So it's all mainstream toys. Um, but at the moment, I've tried to stay away from the must-haves because it's going to be too hard for me to try and get them. And I haven't got the necessary outlet to, to do volumes of the must-have toys. Mm -hmm. But I think this, this year, with the likes of PlayStation and Xbox, they're going to take people's demand away. Because they, that's what people are focusing on. Mm -hmm. Especially with the thought of more lockdowns that they're, they're thinking of not so much toys that are going to keep you so happy but toys that are going to occupy the kids yeah over the the, the the quiet days where you sat in the house with long long 
Yeah, and when, you, when you're buying digital products to run alongside them as well, you haven't got to go to the shop for the latest game, so that does make things a bit easier there. So it does make things a little bit difficult. But what's been your big seller so far? Big seller, it's across the board. So we've got like a, a ride on Lama that we do that's really good. Mm -hmm. So that's like a 12 volt Lama that the kids can ride on 3 plus kind of thing. Uh, you push, your, I don't know if you push your button up, it's a, your foot down, it goes along, takes you around, whatever. So they're quite cool. Um, lots of arts and crafty stuff. Once again, things that occupy your time. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that. And then other staples, things like Power Rangers, um, girly toys, little pocket money toys that do well. So, um, But once again, because because I've got the value, then it's pretty much across the board. So um, everything sells. It, it's quite good. Uh, things like Fortnite. We've got some Fortnite little bits as well. So Fortnite is a big seller. Yeah, and again, this is this ties in with the games that people are playing on these consoles as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's great to have that physical thing which runs alongside it and it keeps their interest even when you say, look, you've got to turn the console off because you're going to have square eyes and you've got to try and sleep. So at least this is something they can take, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to play within their bedrooms. Uh huh. My my background is I don't. Part my heart tells me I don't want to do that type of thing. I want to do traditional toys, which is where we started. Yeah. So wooden toys, creative toys toys that make you think about things but you have to do what the customers demand kind of thing mm -hmm. and and you have to do the same like Argos do whatever that's where the toy focus lies because it's just the the little niche markets don't necessarily work in volume which yeah. is what I found but having this the shop for so many years and where it was in the football enabled me to play around and figure out what works and what doesn't work kind of thing so um at the moment I've kind of found my feet I think the the volume is where where the, the niche is and I think once I've got everything up in place by this time next year I should be in a better place than I am now kind of thing to to roll out nationwide as well so at the moment we're only dealing with like five or six mile radius so it's just my catchment within Facebook which are local people that know me mm. and we've got another Facebook page that's a national page as well that's got 20 or 30,000 people but once I've got all the, the processes and logistics in place that we can scale up to that and that's where building my own website and taking control of things or work from there kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just about making these things successful. It's difficult at this time, uh, but it, yeah, yeah. this is now the way forward. And, and you obviously, you, you were two years ahead of the game on this. Well, I think at the moment as well, I think, um, I, yes, we're thinking about the customer all the time, but I think the main thing at the moment is we need to think about ourselves. So as business owners, you need to be adaptable. And I think the current climate seen that if you're not ready for these type of things, then it can wipe you out. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't, if I didn't have to, luckily I'm not in the retail game at the moment, or I haven't got retail shops. But I think if you haven't got an online presence or a presence where you can deliver products to your customers, then you could have been during six months ago would have wiped you out. And yep. that's a state that we're in some cases that businesses are being taken out. And I think um, if you're doing services, it's a different thing. But um, I think if you're retail and products, then there's no reason why you can't adapt and be delivering products still to people rather than being locked down and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just going out of business. And it's that personal service and the value which you're offering to the city of Wolverhampton now. So, I mean, people will know you. They'll have been to the shop over many, many years. And I, I still remember going and seeing the giant Playmobil figures. That was one of my favourite <laughs> items in there. I still want Father Christmas. I want Father Christmas. It, it looked great just to hear. <laughs> but uh, that would be good. But, um, yeah, there's a, a wide range of things. And if, if you haven't got it at the moment, you know, you no doubt you'll be able to talk about whether you can get it as well to, yes. uh, to help. So if, if people want to talk to you, let you know what they've got, um, see what you've got available online, where do they go to? Uh, so at the moment we use Facebook, Facebook's our main port of call, just because it's easy, it's accessible, and most of all it's free, mm -hmm. so it doesn't cost us anything, it doesn't cost you anything. So it's Ian Ash on Facebook, so my name's spelt, I've spelt funny, I think my mum was drunk, <laughs> so it's 
I A I N and then surname A S H. It's possible. Yeah, Ian Ash on Facebook. Ian Ashbourne in real life, and uh, yeah. of course the, the the website and all the links will be there, so you can see what you've got and uh, see what is available. You're making Christmas 2020 special, and as we head into 2021, it's just going to grow and grow. Good luck with it. It's great to see uh, a small business coming out of adversity and doing well, and uh, we're hopeful that, uh, I say, even though you're just sort of dabbling at the moment, we can see this turn into a big national thing, and, and you can take on the world. Yeah, fingers crossed, hopefully. And the main thing is I get to spend time with the kids as well, so that's what it's all about. So that she, does help. My daughter loves coming along and, and doing stuff as well, so um, she gets handy now, so, so that's what it's all about. Basically part of the delivery team. I like the idea. Oh, now, Ian Ashbourne, thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic Christmas. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much.
while ago, I shared with you my love of the Dodo Pad, the diary which helps you through every year, even this one. 2021's diary is available now. There's a whole range of Christmas gifts because Dodo Pad have been spamming me endlessly on my Facebook timeline and I've loved every minute of it. Rebecca J looks after all of the world of Dodo and is with me now. Hello. Hello, Jason. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And I, I trust, obviously, it, this is the bit where, obviously, diaries need to be sold in the run-up to Christmas. They are the, the big thing to buy. It's an end-of-year present. It's a Christmas present. However you want to look at it, this is the point at which you want to try and organise your life with the special world of Dodo Pad as we head towards a, a brand new calendar. So uh, what, what has been going on? Because it, it's been a, a great year from a sales point of view, I hope, fingers crossed, in spite of everything else. Well, it's been a very odd year, really. Um, uh, we started the year um, not really sure whether we would even survive the year. Uh, then the pandemic started and um, we lost our mid-year uh, CADPAD production completely. Um, so we had to think, how on earth do we give something to customers who want to be organised on a mid-year basis? Um, and we had done all the work for the 2021 diary. So we got to April, uh, pandemic, we just thought, you know what, keep calm, carry on. And uh, we were a month late with the production, but uh, our customers, when we sent an email out to them, were absolutely amazing uh, because we said, please, if you can help and buy your diaries early, it would help us because we'd lost all our revenue from our mid-year titles. Mm -hmm. And they were incredible. Uh, and, you know, apart from the fact that we've all had very little to put in our diaries apart from Zoom meetings, messenger meetings, team meetings, no meetings. <laughs> Um, we're, we're still here and I really have just taken the view of keep calm and carry on. And I, I also, I had COVID at the beginning of this pandemic myself. Mm -hmm. So I had a month to six weeks of living in a fog basically. And I never, I was never in hospital, but, uh, just, just carrying on as you do. That's, that's so all you can do. It's, it's, it's very much a, a stoic way of, of, of getting on with it. But equally, uh, working through what has happened this year has probably been the best way of keeping your head together. And uh, this has also brought new things as well. I remember a little survey coming out a few weeks ago uh, around a digital version of the Dodo Pad, the chance to carry it with you. And uh, this is something which you can use alongside your paper version. You can then mirror it, take notes. And if you haven't, for some reason, I don't know why you wouldn't have carried your dodo pad with you everywhere, but you haven't, but you've got your phone, make a note in the digital version, and then in the uh, the real thing, transfer it all across so you've got it to draw, draw and doodle on too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think people, I believe people will use it in different ways because everybody has a slightly different way of organising their lives. Some people, to be fair, have gone completely digital. And we've had a number of customers over the last few years who said, oh, couldn't you produce a digital diary? And I've always been far too busy doing the paper diary. And um, it was actually the pandemic that forced us into thinking, how on earth do we give uh, our ACADPAD customers uh, the opportunity to have an ACADPAD when we can't print it? I know we can give them a PDF that they can download. And so that was the start mm -hmm. of 
the, um, the, the kind of move towards digital. And having done that, uh, and read up on it a little bit and realized that there were more opportunities, I started working with our designer towards creating a fully digital uh, dodo pad. But my, my brief to myself was, this has to be something that gives you the look and the feel and the experience of the dodo pad, albeit digitally. And the other bit of the brief to myself was, it has to work on both uh, iPhone, iOS, iPad, and also Android. And of course, the perfect way to do it is in a digital PDF, which you open in a pre-existing app. So that's what we did. This is now reality for 2021. The digital it, world is with us in the world of Dodo. After what, is it 54 years? 55. 55 this year. So yes. uh, yeah, it, it, it is uh, 55 years that have, have flown by. Obviously, you weren't there at the beginning, but uh, for the last couple of decades, you've been at the helm. And uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah, a major step forward. So I believe you can actually share the look of this with me now. I can. In front of us, we have the 2021 Dodo pad. It looks like the, the physical copy that I have waiting for me to unwrap on Christmas morning. And, it does. Uh, it, it, so we can now turn the pages. Obviously, in uh, app form, this is going to be on the screen of your, your device. We've got everything there. We've got the int introduction, and I can see some tabs down the side. Yep, you can basically uh, just shoot instantly to the start of any month you like. Um, you can go to the forward planner at the beginning. Uh, I can't do it on the screen. I'm sharing it with, with you, but when it's in your note-taking app, you can pinch it in and out. And we've got some tutorials on YouTube, how to use it. Uh, you can also, um, I don't know, Jason, pick a date for me. Uh, well, I quite like the 3rd of March because uh, I celebrate around then a little birthday thing. As you can see, 20th of May, that's my birthday. I just <laughs> put in the 3rd of March. And do you see the little little bar here? Yeah. So we've, we've got some hidden type down the sides. And as soon as you pop in the 3rd of March, um, you get the 3rd of March popping up uh, in your calendar. So you can search like that. As I said, you can search to the beginning of each month. And we've got forward planners. The other thing we've got is here... Uh, you know, in the Dodo Pub, we have unusual anniversaries. Absolutely. So here, for instance, there's an opportunity to, in, in the app, it asks you if you'd like to go and look at a website that tells you more about uh, that person or that event. Uh, because I'm doing this on a PDF just to show you on my computer screen, uh, it goes there straight away. So all of the anniversaries, everything is linked so there's more information on St David's Day for instance etc etc and, and all of this alongside the fact you can doodle on your dodo pad like normal through your note-taking app too and if you save that in your device you could you could even you know, print out these things if you wanted a physical paper copy and glue it to the real diary but uh, uh, it, it is there as a, as a ready reference and you can uh, you know, have a, a digital version and I, so I suppose we could even type on our dodo pads now uh, you can <laughs> You can you can write with your finger. You can write with a stylus. You can type, and if you're like me, you can even dictate straight into it. So you use the text box, 
and you put the cursor in and then you use the little microphone uh, icon on your um, device, your iPad or your tablet or your iPhone and then when you've got all the information in the text box you can pull the text box over into a square or you can put it wherever you like, you can put pictures in there, it's, it's you know, it's boundless. We, we've also put in at the end uh, a load of extra note-taking pages, um, both dot grid pages and also very, very faint square ruled pages. And in the apps, you can duplicate any of those pages and you can move them to wherever you want within the diary. So if you need an extra page for writing, you know, a whole load of extra notes, more than you've got space on the left-hand page of that particular week, you can do it. And you can duplicate as many times as you like. So it's it's endless, boundless. It, it sounds like absolutely brilliant fun. I was, I've loved my Dodo Pad now for uh, more than 20 years, I'm sure I've been having these things. I think the first one was mid-90s. Uh, so uh, it's, it's an absolute... Uh, Treats to be able to have this digitally too. And uh, there's, a, there's a deal on for anybody who's already bought the paper version as well, isn't there? There is. If you've already bought the paper version or if you haven't bought the paper version, you get the option when you're buying it uh, of a 50% discount. Um, so if you haven't bought one, just go to the paper version, uh, any of the paper versions, and in the list, uh, of, of related products below, uh, there's an option to buy the digital one and you instantly get that at half price. It, it shows up. It's £12 the full price and obviously £6 the half price. But for all the magic that uh, works behind the scenes on that one, uh, it's well worth it by the sound of things. And say so whether you're using it on uh, your uh, iPhone or Android phone and uh, you've got uh, on, on that screen there, you can zoom in and out. Or if you're on something like a you know, Galaxy Tab or your iPad, then you can probably have the full thing the same size as you would in uh, Unreal Paper as well. Absolutely. I have it on my iPad and I can transfer it through the cloud to my phone. So if I'm out and about, uh, I can put something into my phone. When I come back, it's on my iPad. Uh, and the other thing is that I'm, I'm really fully aware that for some people, this is a, a new thing. Uh, but they're interested. And if you can give them uh, the ability to um, get into it without it being too scary. There are some people who are completely comfortable with note-taking apps, but I know there are also people who are just thinking about it. So we've got uh, a series of, we've got three tutorials on YouTube. One of them is already up. The other two will be up very, very shortly. Um, for good notes, notability, and note shelf, which are we discovered in the research the three most popular note taking apps, and they work on not all of them, but note shelf works on Android as well as iOS. And so it's a it's a wonderful tutorial by Lucy, who's been working with me on this, who's who's got a brilliantly English voice as opposed to that. American voice that you sometimes hear telling you 
soothing. <laughs> she's got a very calming voice and she's made these videos brilliantly and they're really easy to follow. Well, I look forward to seeing those. I look forward to getting my hands on a digital copy. Uh, to avoid spoilers, I'm, I'm gonna do that a little bit later on. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, I've already seen more of 2021 than I'm probably supposed to so far. However, uh, it's going to be uh, a great way of, uh, of utilizing your digital space as well as enjoying your paper diary too and keeping the dodo pad going so you don't end up as extinct as a dodo. That's the plan. That's the way we like it. Give us the details of the website, where we can go to, to, to find out what's going on and, of course, what to follow on all the socials. Dodopad.com. And there is, depending on whether you're on a phone or on a desktop, there is a direct link to go to the digital product. But you can also go to the main diaries where you will find the digital product. Dodopad on Facebook at Lord underscore Dodo on Twitter and also on Instagram. So check out all the deals there. Lord Dodo will be proud of you and of the work that's been done here. Uh, but uh, at Dodo Towers and, 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 and the kitchen we're talking to you from at the moment. Uh, keep up the good work <laughs> and we look forward to uh, great things for, for many, many years to come, whether it's digital on paper uh, or all the extra bits and pieces that you can get, including Christmas cards. So uh, check all out on, uh, on dodopad.com. Rebecca J, thank you for joining us. Thank you. We like to track the online career of Ewan Baggett, EAB Skills, and he has surpassed the 100,000 follower total on Instagram. And he joins me now to tell me more about it's like being an influencer, a celebrity, and blooming talented at kicking a football around as well. Hello, sir. Hi, mate. You okay? I'm good. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, great to see that sort of response to the work that you're putting out there. Uh, but I think inevitable the way things uh, have been going uh, based on yeah, the way in which you, you've built up an absolutely fantastic channel that people love watching. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, first and foremost, thank you. Um, it's been it's been a I mean, it's been a journey. Obviously, you've you've seen me um, grow up from being a teenager to like a, a bit of a, a man now um, and you know gone through that journey of um, of you know starting when I was younger and, and going through through the years and, and and taking it to where it is now so it's it's been really fun it's been like one that because no one's ever done it before like the whole influencer thing it's been one to really kind of enjoy and to try and you know see where it's going to take you because nobody's done it before so you, you know you're trying to work out what the next path is and it's just all exciting so it's good fun yeah but i think the difference is though a lot of people influence through just you know makeup tutorials and uh, and, and being uh, bubbly and, and, and not really having anything below the surface whereas you've done this through absolute talent yeah, I mean, I'd like, well, yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, and probably entertaining yeah. too. I'm not doing it down on that side of things, but certainly the talent is, is, is what got you started. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's um, it was a lot of hard work at the start. Obviously, you know, I, I used to play football when I was younger and then I, I kind of transitioned to like football skills and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of, a lot of, you know, wet, cold nights in winter when I was younger, just outside of my garden practicing kicking a ball about just you know doing around the world and trying different different things and then you know it went from there just to just keep expanding with the ball and, and trying to do different things and trying to be creative and then you know just putting them on the internet and seeing if anyone likes them and and thankfully they did so um it got to that point now yeah and not only have you done this in front of a hundred thousand people online you've done it in tens of thousands of people in real life too uh, which is most nerve-wracking, the thought of putting a video together or standing on a stage in front of 30,000 people in West Park? <laughs> you know what, it's it's a weird one because um, when you do a live performance I mean, with any, you know, with any profession, once you're 
once you're there and you're in the moment, it's it's okay. I think. I think once you're once you've started and, and you're getting going, it's fine. It's just that initial like wait just beforehand, as any performer <laughs> will tell you. Um, but I've had, to be honest, there's been you know when you're doing like brand campaigns and stuff, and you're waiting to post those kind of videos, that's kind of more daunting because there's even more on the line there, mm-hmm. um, you know, financially. So um, it all changes, though. I mean, but you know, there's there's just such a buzz you get about live live performance mm-hmm. that. Um, that I, I love as well so yeah and when it comes down to campaigns obviously uh, you, you are a brand now EAB skills is, is is a brand of its own right and, and working alongside partners that and it's really for you it's about showcasing what their products can help you do and it, it, it's, it's a very honest sort of brand exercise isn't it yeah no it is um, you know I, I kind of stress nowadays to any brand that I'm working with that I will only push a brand to my followers that I do genuinely think is is good quality um so you know I've had quite a few different you know brands come to me saying can you promote this can you promote that and if it doesn't you know align with my audience or it doesn't fit to my brand I'm not gonna cross promote um so it's like there's a fine line between you know obviously making your living through it and like choosing what's like morally right to promote and all these different things so it's there's there's a whole whole business behind that as well but it's um again it's one that i've really enjoyed sort of growing up with from you know being you know a 13 14 year old to now 22 it's it's been like a real journey to you know with that business that business mode as well not just the the whole like doing skills and stuff like that so it's been fun and, and working alongside the, the real life academy as well uh, obviously at the moment things can't quite happen the way that you would normally do but uh, i know when we were talking just over 12 months ago as this was opening up uh, this is it, it's really it's a chance to share those skills and this is what you're doing online you're sharing ideas of things that people can try as well as entertaining yes no definitely we um we so we started the ab skills freestyle academy like you said about 12 to 18 months ago in between that that range and um and since then we've had um, about eight players signed for academies through it um, we've had you know different teams that have picked up the players so it's it's really like a showcase for players to come in and just be express themselves um you know a lot of the players in their sunday leagues their managers won't won't let them express themselves and we get you know even seven or eight year olds coming in and, and their parents are saying look the my child wants to play this way he wants to take on players he wants to do this and that with the ball but the coach just doesn't want it he just wants to win he just wants to hoof the ball so we just allow players to you know to blossom and to and to progress through it and it's it's been really fun you know it's it's like almost like real life tutorials so you, I've uploaded tutorials on um on my social and then to put it into you know real life situations is really cool as well so it's um yeah it's just all about you know all that kind of one big brand coming off into into different things but it's about building that confidence as well for them and it's something that you've got the experience of doing because as i say when you were 13 14 this is something that new you decided to have a little play dropping videos on, on youtube instagram and the like as these things came along and it's 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 that that has that puts you in good stead because you, you've li- you've lived this basically haven't you yeah no it's 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 really interesting as well because I, I feel old now as well. I mean, I know it's, <laughs> imagine it's so how ridiculous. I feel talking to you if you feel old. <laughs> it just yeah, it just feels ridiculous though when I've got like a seven or eight year old coming into my academy, um, and I didn't start till I was you know doing the freestyle side of things till I was thirteen, fourteen, and I'm trying to give them the knowledge that I knew at thirteen, fourteen, and they're already like six or seven years ahead of that. So it's really exciting to you know to be able to teach the lads and and the girls what 
you know, what I knew at 13, 14 for them at seven is like really exciting for me because, you know, they've got so much, like, so long, so much, there's so much more like progression to make in that short period of time. It's really, really interesting. So, I mean, what what can happen next? I mean, obviously, the Real Life Academy's help. Uh, I mean, you've already done stuff uh, across the UK. This, this, fingers crossed, are we going to go global? Is there been anything international so far? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, this year has been been a strange one for everyone. Um, I know but... you've been out to Spain a few times, haven't you, already? Yeah, yeah, I've done done quite a bit. So we've we've gone out to you know to to Spain. We've been we've been to Madrid. We've been to um, Barcelona, their training grounds. We've been to um, Dusseldorf. We did some stuff with um, FC Schalke as well. Um, so you know, quite quite a few different different avenues. Um, I'm trying to just dip my fingers in different pies because I'm I'm now a social media manager for a brand called Boot Buddy. Um, so I'm working with them as well. So it's, it's been interesting to kind of put my um, you know h- how I've taught myself this you know how, how to grow on on social and then now put it into a business which is really cool um so i'm doing stuff with them um i'm doing obviously stuff on my own social um you know we've got a few different things with different apps we're doing as well um like you said we're just trying to push it all over the place um but i really want to kind of try and do a bit more in america um mm-hmm. when when things clear up um i think there's a real real market over there um especially for you know, for, for youth football training and how, how big it's going over there now, it'd be really cool to, to try and get over there. Yeah, we'll look forward to the Vegas show as well. That could be good too. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this, is, this is more than respect though. This is about having content which is relatable and entertaining. And although, yeah, you may be doing socials and you, you, you're kind of building a, a brand, but I know for you, it, it's more than that. It's never about anything other than giving people something which they're going to find entertaining. And you're not showy-offy with it as well. You, you're basically inspiring. You're not going, hey, look at me. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so. I just, I try and, I'll, I'll upload a video every single day um, and it's always fresh content. So I'm, I'm out there, you know, every other day or every day, um, you know, filming. I try and do five videos a day if I can. Um, so I've always got backlogged content. So it's all about, like you said, you know, the main thing is all about the content um, and then everything else from that stems from that. And if a lot of people don't realize, but if your content isn't good, you, you won't get, even if you've got followers, you will not get those opportunities with brands and stuff like that. Um, you know, <clears throat> engagement is so much more, it's so much better than followers. Um, people don't realize, you know, if you've got, you know, you can provide value to your to your follower, the a brand who's going to work with you is going to be so much more interested. Um, so it's all about engagement for me and, you know, just giving the followers what they, you know, just something to pat them up every single day, especially in these times. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's that's how I'm, I'm going with it all. So give us all the socials then, because this is quite a long list these days. Yeah, I mean, everything is just it's just EAB skills. So we've got TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, Instagram. Um, we're going back onto YouTube soon as well. And obviously my academy, EAB skills, uh, Freestyle Academy. Um, so you can get that on the website and stuff like that for, um, for places. We are advertising for our next course, um, the start of December when... Hopefully when lockdown's finished, mm-hmm. so um, should be some places there. So uh, please do check out. Well, yeah, amazing work, great, great stuff, and uh, all from a lad from Wolverhampton who has really come to the fore in uh, uh, an international world of digital media, which is which is great. And but it's digital media surrounding going outdoors and actually getting something done in real life, which well, I, I can only applaud you for that. You and Baggett, EAB skills. Thank you for the chat as ever. Thanks, Jason. Top man. <laughs>
limited edition release of Dawn of the Dead on 4K UHD and Blu-ray. This is the box set horror fans have been waiting for. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Roger from the film. Scott Reiniger, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Now, I'm sure it only seems like five minutes that you were running round a shopping mall petrified whilst the reanimated dead were chasing after you. But uh, it's been, what, more than 40 years? Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that the film is still as popular today. That was, was amazing to me, frankly. We could never have expected that. Oh, my God. <laughs> But, I mean, it, it was something which really defined the genre, has been imitated many times since. And with yeah. this release of the background, the different versions, the cuts of the film, which in many cases haven't been seen on the, you know, the home DVD circuit before, this is mm-hmm. a great way of experiencing the movie as, as well as you can in, uh, in high-definition format. So it must be great for you to, to look back on this through the quality of these, these films. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. What was it like being part of this? At the time, you didn't realise what you were getting into when it came to this, uh, oh, no, this film. Oh, no, no. Well, I had no idea. I uh, accepted the role because I really loved the role because it had a great arc. But I had no idea the film was going to take off and become what it became. That was, like, very surprising. And fortunately, you know, it was very controversial. Fortunately, we got a great review from Roger Ebert. You know, it was a great experience. And a big part of that experience was getting to know George because we became friends and stayed in touch over the years. Uh, always so that was that was the big benefit actually something like this which was produced on a relatively small budget i mean was it something like one and a half million dollars that went Mm. on to turn over you know more than 60 million dollars but filmed in four months it must have been really quite a pace of production uh it was The, the pace was pretty constant i didn't find it overwhelming frankly um because i really enjoyed the process uh but the thing about george is he's very organized so he knows exactly what he wants to do next. So things move along very kind of effortlessly. And he gives you, the, as the actor, he gives you a great deal of space for suggestions and whatnot. He does not try to micromanage you mm-hmm. at all. And as a result, it becomes a really nice experience. And when it came to coming to a film which was yeah, 10 years after the start of the series that George had put together, that must have been a, an interesting one to come to because uh, you, you knew you were going to get into something that was going to, to be good, but you had no idea quite how yeah, quite the longevity of the, of the film. And, and in fact, we'd be yeah, sat here chatting you know, for 42 years after it was filmed about a, a release on Blu-ray. Yeah, absolutely no idea. No concept. I didn't even know about conventions until like the late 90s mm-hmm. because it was through a friend of mine. I was doing a media coaching, a congressman in Washington, D.C., and the woman that worked for him. I walked in the office and she went, oh, my God, it's Roger from Dawn of the Dead. I started <laughs> laughing. And he was in on it. He already knew that she knew that. Uh, but I didn't knew, know that he uh, knew that. Uh, and it became just kind of a humorous situation. And she said to me, she said, uh, okay, have you been going to conventions? Assuming like I had, I said, what, what conventions? She said, what are you kidding? And she took me to her computer. And she showed me some of these sites of these conventions that are previously had happened. Mm-hmm. I went, oh my God, I had no idea because I was totally focused on my directing at that time. Yeah. And then, so she booked me into a convention 
you know, she booked me just to, which was great. And I, the first one was with David Emge, <laughs> uh, in Arlington, Virginia, and almost nobody showed up. It was a very, it was a, not a good location and a good environment for horror conventions. But that's how it all started. You know? and, and of course, you've been working with David on the commentary for disc three of the set, which is the Argento cut, uh, 128 minutes, so slightly shorter than the original theatrical release. But uh, it must have been great uh, doing doing the commentary and again reliving these moments as you watch the film. Uh, you're doing commentary is really fun, actually. It's a really, a really enjoyable experience. Uh, I remember, yeah, we were in New York when we did that. We were recording in New York. And then how do you see the sort of evolution of the horror genre these days? Because obviously uh, in 2004, there was a cameo in a film of the same name. And uh, you explored uh, <laughs> those moments there. But, I mean, it, the, I mean, zombies have kind of developed a bit over time, haven't they? And, and they seem to be everywhere these days. But, I mean, you're looking back to the cinemagraphic heroes of the zombie world when you look at Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, it, it's really, really interesting. Because we never knew it was going to become so popular. That's the, the strange thing. And also, I find a lot of horror movies, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, actually, but the ones that I've seen are not very good. And one of my favorite films that I liked, you wouldn't call it a horror movie, but it was The Others. Mm -hmm. Did you ever see that? You, I, you ever see that movie? I steered clear of that one because I can be a little um, easy to scare at times. <laughs> So that was a very well done film. And when things play with your mind, it's slightly different to almost gore on screen. But I think with Dawn of the Dead, obviously there was the psychological moments as well, not knowing what was going to come next and who was going to be around the next corner. Yes, of course. And that's, you know, that's classic horror stuff. So, you know, we had a day to day when we were shooting. We knew what we were going to shoot, of course, and we had a, you know, a schedule. But we never quite knew what was going to happen. There are always interesting stuff that would happen on the set spontaneous, mm -hmm. uh, which made it fun. And also because George is very, uh, uh, he is very, um, he's very relaxed on the set. So he sets a very relaxed tone, a very efficient but relaxed. And with the production and the values that you had there, I say you, you, you were constantly surprised. So you knew you were going from A to B, but you didn't know what was going to be on the way sometimes? Sometimes, that's right. And have you got a favorite yeah. moment? Is there even a favorite zombie? Uh, I think one of my favorite zombies was the nurse. Mm -hmm. You remember her? Sharon Sicotti, yeah, yeah. Um, she, she was, I, I like the also the Hare Krishna zombie. <laughs> um, the one thing about George's zombies is that most of them are characters. You know, they have like a backstory <laughs> that makes any sense. You know what I mean? They had a life prior. Uh, a lot of zombie films, you know, they're very generic. Yeah. Even like Walking Dead, you know, they're all very generic. Yeah, you get to see something in the way in which they react in their zombie form, and it, it's almost as if there's something still there, but obviously not the person they would have been. This yeah. is something that's, again, that's explored through things like the special features in here, uh, zombies and, and bikers, uh, which is one of the special features, and you've got memories of Monroeville, and the box set itself will take somebody back and get them to explore what you were seeing on the set. Oh, great. Wonderful. Because you've got a 160-page hardback booklet as well. Uh, there's essays in there, archive article, and, uh, of course, an interview with George. It wouldn't be the same without uh, his presence there. With the novelisation of the book as well, these are going to be true collector's items, aren't they? And I should think you're going to be signing many a copy of these, the old convention that comes along once we get back to normal. Yeah, but it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, I was thinking about that 
the other day because of this release that's happening that it might um, engender more popularity, which is very, very, very awesome to me. And it must be great still getting the the attention for this, and uh, you know, being able to, to to look back. And if when you look back, obviously, it's quite clearly fondly. What was the the one moment from the production of Dawn of the Dead that really stands out to you as the best memory? Oh, was the best memory. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. one spontaneous thing was sliding down the middle of the escalator because that was not in the script. <laughs> it just says it just says Roger runs down the escalator. That's what it says in the script, something like that. Uh, and I just had this idea. I was standing above it and looking down. I said, George, what if I slide down the middle? He went, what? I said, I'll slide down the middle. I said, just have somebody spot me so I don't break my back to the bottom. Right? <laughs> he, said, he said, okay. And we did it in one take. <laughs> and then ever since, they put those steel nubs in the middle. All because of you, I'm going to guess. You actually inspired that. I don't know, but it seems to be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, if there's yeah. a zombie apocalypse, we could do without them, to be fair. So you've got to hope in hell of getting away. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and I suppose at the age of 30, you pretty much felt invincible and were quite happy doing this sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a great moment. Um, I think some of the improv moments, like when we're, when we're running through the stores, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. You know, we're running through the stores, and Kenny and I are both running, and... Uh, I go, watch his, watch his. That was like really, it was all staged for the camera, of course. But then the rest of us, we just were improving. And that, that was really, we, we had a great time doing that. People will be looking back at this with the release on limited edition 4K UHD and Blu-ray. All coming up to be a horror fan's fantastic Christmas gift. We're looking at a four-disc set, the audio CDs, and, of course, the booklet we mentioned as well. Certificate 18, available from all good outlets and all horrific ones as well, I would hope. It is Dawn of the Dead. Uh, for now, Roger from the film. Many a place in people's hearts who've absolutely loved the movie throughout the last four and a bit decades. Scott Reiniger, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 596 next week. I look forward to seeing you then. Good afternoon. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah.